Welcome to this edition of Connecting Faith and Life. I'm Mr. Brown. This episode, I'm going to talk about three things. Number one, I get something off my chest. I got to get something off my chest. It's been, I got to say it. Number two, I want to share a verse of the day. And this verse is going to be from Colossians. And then number three, I'm going to share part two of my conversation with Brandon, the student who is a self-proclaimed undercover bully, who's no longer that. But uh, I'm going to share all that with you in this edition of Connecting Faith and Life. And by the way, thanks for joining us for this episode. And I appreciate you guys listening, watching, and sharing these episodes. For more information about Connecting Faith and Life and all we do at Proclaim Ministries, visit ProclaimMinistries.com. That is ProclaimMinistries.com. With that said, let's jump into this episode of Connecting Faith and Life. Here we go. I got to get this off my chest and it is, it's not something negative. I know y'all think that's negative. It's positive. I want to say thank you. <laughs> thank you to all our new supporters. We've been getting new supporters donating through the app and I, I don't get notifications when you send it, when you donate right away, but I check periodically and I try not to check too much because it'd be like, Ooh, does my donate new donor? I don't, I don't do that. Cause I need to just be, be cool and let God do his work. But I do want to say thank you to those of you who have been donating our ministry, who are new and who've been consistent. And I'm grateful that through the app, you can donate recurrent. You can get up a recurring donation, monthly donation. And I really appreciate all of you donors, but special shout out to our new donors who've been watching and even leaving comments on our YouTube channel, sending emails, even got a phone call. Um, thank you guys so much. We really appreciate the work you're joining us in doing. And it reminds me of Philippians chapter one, when Paul was grateful for the Philippian church, um, the church of Philippi or Philippian church, who was donating to his ministry, who was supporting him. He said from the beginning. And at one point he said, he's not really coveting their gift, but he's really wanting the, the fruit that will go to their accounts. So in other words, they're giving in the ministry and it blesses them as well. And I think about that when I think about legacy, because Unfortunately, sometimes in a church, we make you feel like the only people who are really doing ministry are people who are out in the front lines, people who are out speaking, going overseas as a full-time missionary. Listen, when you donate to your church, you donate to the work of God through other ministries, you are doing the work of ministry. God has given us different gifts and abilities. So funny, I was, I was flipping the channels the other day and I saw this episode and I don't watch, it was episode of Matlock. Some of you older people know who Matlock is, but the scene opened up with these divers going into the going into the river trying to find someone, ocean, whatever. They were going into the river trying to find somebody, right? And my first thought was like, okay, here the dudes diving with the wetsuits on. What about the dudes driving the boat? How come they not doing no work? They're not getting wet. What's wrong with them? They should be getting wet. Everybody should have a wetsuit on getting in. No, that's not how it works. Everybody has their role to play. Everybody has their job to do in the kingdom of God as well. So some of you are donating, you're sending, you're providing. Some of you make a lot of money in your day-to-day -day job, that's ministry too. Not only are you ministering when you donate, but you minister to the families. You start a business to help people have jobs to, to provide for their families. That's ministry. And that kind of leads me to the verse of the day. There's no intro to the verse of the day. The verse of the day actually comes from Colossians chapter three. Now it's two verses, so it can't really be called verse of the day, but it all connects to me because even if you're, the work you do, if you're not in full-time ministry, you're still in full-time ministry. In other words, if you're not in vocational ministry, you're still in ministry. Whatever you're doing, you do it unto the Lord. God gives you energy. God gives you means to do whatever you're doing. If you're a widget maker, make widgets to the glory of God. <laughs> if you're a hot tub salesman, shout out to Robert Andrade, um, do that to the glory of God. 
your doctor, your engineer, your school teacher, your bus driver, your, your, um, whatever you do, do it to the glory of God, do it as unto God. So the verse is this, I was going to read the whole chapter, but I got to get to this interview part, part two. So Colossians chapter, uh, three, verse 23 and 24 says this, whatever you do work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord, you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. Early in this chapter, starting in verse one, Paul's giving instructions to wives and husbands, to children. And then he talks of fathers. It's funny. He talks of husbands like men twice. <laughs> then in verse 22, he starts talking about bond servants, right? Now we would say these, this would be the application would be to those who work. You have a job. So you are, you're an employer. So verse 22 says this bond servants, or in our case, employees, Obey in everything those who are your earthly masters, not by way of eye service as people pleasers, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. Then it goes on. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance of your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. And the reason I put the verse of the day, because I want to encourage you encourage us to work as unto the Lord. The truth is, no matter what we're doing, we're doing it with the energy that's been provided from God, and we're doing it for God's glory. So it's not about people please, not about pleasing your boss, because honestly, it's easy to please people. It's easy to do things to make people think we're great or to honor those people, but it is God. And I, I, there's times I'm tempted as a business owner, you know, with my, with my taxes to what I can write off, what I can't write off. You know what? Honestly, God sees it all. So I can try to cheat, but I'm not working for the government. I'm not working for people. I'm working for the Lord. And that's a great encouragement because God, not only am I working for him, but he supplies me with the energy to work. It's for him. It's not for men. So whatever job you have, you work for the Lord. And it reminds me of a story. I'd made a video about this way long time ago. But when I worked in St. Louis, Missouri area, I was working for after school program, for the YMC after school program. And I, I really enjoyed that job. I miss those kids. I enjoy working, seeing those kids every day. Well, one day after a snack, I was left behind to wash the tables off while the kids went to the gym to play. And I was washing tables off. And if you ever just walk to a restaurant, see somebody wipe off the table, sometimes they just wipe them off kind of half-heartedly. And you're like, oh, get that spot. Get that spot, too. I'm sitting there. Get that spot. Right? And I kind of half-heartedly washed them. I had washed all the tables. Then I had this thought, and I want to I want to give credit to Holy Spirit. Um, somebody said, something told me. Well, someone told me, and I believe, and I'm not trying to be spooky, but the Holy Spirit's job is to lead in God's in all truth, right? That's practical, that he leads in God. I want to give him credit. So Holy Spirit kind of worshiped in my ear a little bit, not verbally, but if your boss was coming to that table, do you wash that way? If the president was coming, somebody important, would you wash the table that way? If Jesus was going to sit at that table, do you wash the table that way? Now, I was done washing tables. I could have easily just packed it in, but I rewashed every single table because I didn't do it as unto the Lord. I didn't do it as if Jesus was going to sit at that table. I did it because a bunch of little kids at the table. I'm going to get it done. I'm just being real with y'all. That was my attitude at the time. But even through that, God taught me, whatever I do, I'm not doing it for men. I'm not even doing it for me. I'm actually not even doing it for money. I mean, we get paid for what we do. But I do it as unto the Lord, as an offering, and even as an act of worship. I know in our church world, we say worship is coming to sing. Can we stand for worship? Can we sing to the Lord and worship? And I think worshiping God through song is one way to worship. But the way I work is worship too. I am showing worth and value to my creator by how I work my job and how I live my life, how I interact with my kids and my family, my friends, my neighbors, the coworkers, uh, the, my 
my frenemies, <laughs> the lady at the grocery store, the mail carrier. I am I am worshiping God with how I interact with all those people because I am for him. I've been made by God and for God. Right. And so I just want to encourage us, even myself, as I think about this verse, everything I do, I do it as unto the Lord, not as unto men. So that kind of wraps into your donations. Thank you for donating because your donation is not for me as a man. It's unto the Lord. And if you believe this ministry is reaching people, if it reached you, if it's helped you, then thank, praise God for that. And I appreciate your donation. So thank you so much for donating. And I gave you the verse today, all wrapped up in the bottle, not in the bottle, in a ribbon. It's all together. Everybody, if you're watching this by way of our app or YouTube, um, sometime my thing gets out of focus. And so I'm sorry, we're not going to try We're going to do our best to get it right. But if it gets out of focus, don't worry about it. Just, uh, hopefully what I'm saying is more important than looking at my beautiful face. <laughs> anyway, um, there it goes again. See that it, it got out of focus. Cause I call myself beautiful. <laughs> Maybe it's got a hat on. I don't know, but let's get into this last part of this episode of connect to life. Uh, I'm going to give you part two of my interview or my conversation with Brandon, who was at one point the self-proclaimed undercover bully. He's no longer that, um, he didn't share it in this story. Maybe I'll have him do another interview with him, but he did get saved. He heard me speak in a, um, in the assembly as he talked about, but off, off tape, he told me that he got uh, saved later that year. Or I think right after that, he went to acquire the fire. He trusted Christ as a savior and that was his journey. So I'm grateful that God used uh, the Choose Well program and me speaking in public schools as a catalyst to his life change. So here's go, here's part two of our conversation with Brandon. You told me that the the thing you took away was choice is choosing well, but responsibility. Responsibility. Like, I'm responsible for, like, I, you haven't seen this yet, but we do it to, I put a hand on hip, am responsible for <laughs> me. And I teach that in assemblies. And then I had kids come up and do it. Teachers come up and do it. I had a girl at Columbia. She came up, man, her hips all over. She was like, she was, I but, I, but I want them to get that. I am responsible for me. I think I saw that in one of your videos. Yeah, it's, 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 it's a lot of my videos. Yeah. And I think I love the fact that kids are starting to resonate with that because it's ownership. We live in such a victim, use the word victim, mm-hmm. a victimhood mentality in mm-hmm. our world. So much from this color your skin to your gender mm-hmm. to whatever you identify as everybody's been a victim i'm not saying people don't hurt you yeah but at the end of the day i gotta be responsible for myself right. i can't rely on anyone else to do for me what i can do for myself yeah and and, and like the the really reality right of of that moment at uh, 12 years ago i i basically realized i can be the hero of my story or i can be the victim of my story mm. Like that was, that was really what I took out of it. Like, and then there was this desire is like, oh, I have this, this ability, this powerful ability to be a good person and I can bring other people into that identity too. Right. Right. And I can bring people and say like, do you want to be a good person? And like, after that, I literally wanted to change the world. Like I literally (laughs) believed like, okay, I could change the world now. I just didn't, I had, and then, and then I I came into like the, the dreaming phase and there's too much dreaming. I agree with the people and some motivational speakers come in. You can do anything you want. You can change the world. You can change your world. Yeah. And that is changing the world. Yeah. Because when you become a better person, and I think that should be the focus, I want to be the best person I can be. And I think it's, uh, there's a book called Atomic Habits. It's a really good book about making habits. And one thing you talk about is having identity habits. Um, things that your habits are based on who you want to be, your your aspirational identity, who you want to be, mm-hmm. and even who you are in some senses. And I remember one day my wife said, you're a good man. 
Mm. And my tendency would be like, oh, no, I'm not. Because <laughs> my tendency is to think about all the bad I've done that she doesn't know about. Yeah. My thought life. All stuff that I, I kind of focus on the negative. Your self-talk. Right? Yeah. When we when we get compliments, we kind of deflect them sometimes. Right? Yeah. We are, no, no, no. But, you know, when she said that you're a good man, I want to be what she sees as I am. Yeah. I want you know, to be a good man. And so I'm going to embrace that identity of being a good man. Yeah. And that's going to inform my choices for my wife and my kids, my community. I'm a good man. It's not that I'm I'm better than anyone else. Right. There's no pride. There's not like the there's not like false pride in that. No, I I'm making choices to be a good man. Yeah. And will I fail at times? Yeah. But my identity is I want to be a good man. Yeah. And so I think that instead of being a victim and saying, you know, it's about what happened to me, it's about what I'm choosing to do. Mm-hmm. And I think that's my personal responsibility. And then you exuberate that identity and people will, people are drawn to it and people want to see that like there's a better way. Cause there are so many people who are living in that victim victimhood mentality and they, they've actually made that their hero. Yeah. And so then when you live a life that's actually full of like rich life that feels good and you and like gives goodness to other other people around you, then people are going to want that more. They're going to want they want to understand what responsibility actually means. Um, because I, to me, re- the reality of the victim victimhood mentality is like we we relieve ourselves from responsibility. Yeah, because that can be the victim. Yeah. It's easier. <laughs> yeah, and then it becomes manipulative. It, mm-hmm. Like, it gives the choices to other people. Like, I'm I'm hurting. Now I'm giving you the choice to actually make me feel good. Right. Or you get to commiserate with me and make me feel bad. Because I, I meet some students, and I, I really like to hear their stories, but I have to caution some of them to not... Um, let that story de- de- define who they are. Yeah. So in other words, some kids embrace it. Oh, my mom did this to me. Mom. And they always tell that story over and over and over again. And they relive the hurt and they mm. begin to grab the hurt and say, oh, look at me. I'm hurting because of mm. what that person did. You should love me because I'm hurting. You should do this for me because I'm hurting. Yeah. And they don't realize the fact that they're only going down downward spiral, not yeah. becoming who they want to be because they're they're identifying as if they put a, a cape on, put a V on their chest, I'm the victim, yeah. and they want to get love and acceptance through right. that identity versus being, you know, I'm overcoming this. I am not a victim. Yeah. And I hate to sound so cheesy, but I'm not a victim, but I'm victorious. You know, yeah. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. I want to be a victor, not a victim of my life. And I think it's more, more. Yeah, there's more power in that. Yeah, and that's where I found a lot of hope. Honestly, I found a lot more hope when I saw like I can overcome this hurt by choosing choosing to be good by choosing that goodness is actually inside of me that choosing the the responsibility of making good choices now you you said this happened when you were a sophomore and came to school yeah and you had all these thoughts let me ask you this question you may not have the answer to this do you think a lot of students go through the same thing you're going through you were going through the shame the shame and just whatever like the idea that all this is going on and they're hiding it and they can they can they could choose to do something different. Do you think they, what do you think about students your age? Were they going through that at a time? At 15? Yeah, 15. Oh, abs- yeah, absolutely. I think, I think what's, what's, what's bad. And I don't know about the, the current generation, but when I was 15, um, what was bad with us is that we like collected people who were like us and we, we basically allowed ourselves to be victims together. So like, and, and we ran away from it by having fun instead of like addressing it. But like we longed for it so badly and we understood each other's stories, but we, we collectively ran away from responsibility. Honestly, mm. we collectively, and by, 
by using our privilege, by using um, what other people had. So become manipulative based on their their hurts to get yeah. what they wanted. Yeah. So they, they leveraged their victimhood right. to get what they wanted. And then we created this community together where we were all collectively just running away from our problems. Hmm. Um, but like we're we're still teenagers we're still young it's not like we want to go through those things and like address them we didn't have anybody who was stepping in and saying like hey there's a better way like that's just that's just what it was right um we wanted we want hurt we wanted to stay hurt yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah and i think you said you know you have anybody and i think and i want as i go to schools i want administrators and educators to know that listen i don't have the idea that when i come in Every kid's going to be changed forever. I don't think that, you know, I come and do an assembly. I think sometimes they expect that. They expect when I come and do an assembly that from this day forward, all these kids start making sure. They wouldn't say that, but they're expecting, hey. But to me, one of my favorite quotes is never underestimate the power of a moment. Never Mm -hmm. underestimate the power of a moment. So So the moment that you heard me speak, you went to this assembly, that was a moment that led to other moments that changed your life. So you might say, hey, you changed my life. But like you also said, this was the 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 bridge, the bridge, the bridge to other choices. But without that one, would you have got over the bridge? Exactly. So exactly. That's exactly why. Like I always I always point back to you because I wouldn't have I wouldn't have believed in myself. I wouldn't believe that there was a better way. I was stuck in my shame. I was stuck in this this pit of of hurt, and I felt like everybody else had it figured out, and I didn't. And and that day when you spoke, I realized that I had I could I could become something. Hmm. I could become something because before I thought like my becoming was over, and this is just where I was at. And then the reality was like I still have choices. I was fifteen. And I could still make the next choice. I could still make the next thing happen for me. I was happening still. And, and that reality of happening, that reality that I was existing, and in that existing, I could become something. I had control of what I was becoming, gave me hope that there was something more for me. And like, it's that moment. All right. It was that moment. It, it created a it, like a snowball effect of, of responsibility, a snowball effect of believing in myself, a snowball effect of of the next victory, hmm. and and then and then seeing my failures as as a success, like a possible, like a, a opportunity instead of yeah. a failure. Wow. And I, you know, this makes me smile real big because again, doing what I do, I don't always see the end result I don't see like you know a lot of guys have a job say you work in construction Mm -hmm. you work hard you pour the cement you build a building you can drive down the street oh we built that building I helped for for that cement you know you can see the the fruit of your labor Yeah. I don't always get to see it I I get to you know go and do and I believe that I'm planting seeds or watering seeds like teachers educators are are watering seeds are planting seeds I'm watering or planting seeds parents are watering planting we're we're in this agricultural (laughs) analogy but I don't get to see sometimes the fruit yeah and so hearing you tell these stories is a glimpse of some fruit that 12 years ago i spoke in the assembly <laughs> and there's some fruit from it and yeah. so i want to say thank you for you know coming up to me at, at, at the coffee shop and tell you know stopping me and saying hey i remember this because that means a lot to me um because sometimes i just don't see it i don't hear it yeah. and it's great to hear that at least you there's one <laughs> <laughs> at least there's one out there yeah. who that was a, a moment that that i probably underestimated like i mm-hmm. underestimated 
that the power of that moment, but that moment was a catalyst for your life change and bringing you where you are today. So mm-hmm. thank you for Absolutely. sharing that with me. Absolutely. And I, I am always thankful, especially like, I mean, I started following your YouTube videos. Um, I, I bre- it like gives me life to see you honestly, because it, remem- it helps me remember the choices that I've made. Um, leading up to the person I am, and and I am a person that I'm so thankful for. I am the person that I needed when I was 15 years old. Now, hmm. that's good, and that's that's <laughs> all I really like. That's all I really wanted. I wanted somebody like me, and I get to be that person now. Hopefully, uh, as you begin to volunteer with us, you might actually be that for another 15 year old kid one day. <laughs> I mean, I don't, you know, who knows what will happen, but, and even if it's not on stage, and that's what I want to encourage people, everybody doesn't have to be on stage to impact a life. You don't have to be up front. It is how you live your life. And as you mentioned earlier, as you begin to give and share, your life breathes this difference and this, this energy to people that they mm-hmm. see. So you don't have to be on stage to make a difference in a 15 year old's life. And I think you're doing it now with the work you do. We'll talk about that another time. Yeah. But uh, I want to, again, thank you for being on the show. Thanks for having this conversation and thank you for just stopping me because that took a lot for you to say hey mr brown i gotta, I gotta tell you something you i know? mean it, that that <laughs> that's that goes back to the boldness that you've created help, or helped create um yeah again thanks for being on the show man thanks appreciate right. it Hello, everybody. Mr. Brown here. Thanks so much for taking time to watch or listen to the Connecting Faith in Life podcast. Let you know, Proclaim Ministries is a nonprofit organization and we're crowdfunded, which means we're funded by viewers just like you and listeners as well. Hey, consider joining our support team. Visit ProclaimMinistries.com slash give. Again, that's ProclaimMinistries.com slash give for more information. Again, thanks for stopping by.